You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Doing well. Bit hot here today. Uh huh. Humid. Well, you've got Ugh. you've got air conditioning. You've got air conditioning. Yes. It's all good. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get started today. So I want to talk today about. I, I kind of like to talk a little bit about unity. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it because we're going to talk about most notably Chicago. I want to get into Chicago. What's going on in Chicago is unacceptable. And it's funny because I was talking to a guy. I met a guy like, you know, two, three hours ago, and we were talking about just off and on stuff you know, about uh, like New York. And you know, he brought up to me, he's like, man, did you see all the people that got shot in Chicago over the weekend? And my fault, I should have caught that. We covered what happened over... Father's Day weekend, it was like a hundred and what was it, like a hundred and forty something that got shot. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, and he tells me some. He's like, "There's like forty people that got shot over last weekend in Chicago," and it, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, but yeah, it's something like forty people. It's close to that. It's 34, 34 people were shot in Chicago over the last weekend. Thirty four. Three of those were fatal. As of Sunday night, thirty four people had been shot, three fatally, according to Chicago PD. A twenty two year old man was injured while driving on the northwest side while another man fired shots from a white Suburban. The victim was hit in the leg, taken to Illinois Masonic Medical Center in fair condition, according to officials. No one is in custody as Area 5 detectives investigate. Now, okay, this is a little different. A 29-year-old man was killed after police say he shot himself while playing with a gun in the east side neighborhood. Police say the man was hanging out with three other people in the backyard of an alleyway when he allegedly shot himself in the neck. He was pronounced dead on the scene. Officials say the shooting's been classified as a death investigation. Another man was found shot to death on Sunday in Marquette Park on the southwest side. Officers responding to reports of gunfire at 2.59 a.m. found a 31-year-old man unresponsive on a porch in the 6700 block of South Maplewood Avenue, according to Chicago police. He was shot multiple times, taken to Christ Medical Center in Oak Lawn, where he was pronounced dead. Does anybody see a problem here? I mean, this goes on and on and on. I'm not going to go down through this. Three teens were also reportedly shot this weekend, ranging 14 to 17 years old. Does anybody else see a problem with this? Because I sure do. I see a city that's out of control. I see a city that's descending into chaos. And this isn't something new. This has been going on for a long time. But the media conveniently ignores this kind of stuff. So the question becomes, how do we address this issue? Obviously, I'm not sitting here blaming the Chicago PD. I'm blaming the city officials. And I'm talking about the officials in elected offices. I blame them because they clearly don't care. Otherwise, you would see a stop to this. You would see some type of culture introduced to try and curb this type of violence. But we don't see that. It's just business as usual to them, it seems like. The amount of looting, the amount of rioting, they actually had to raise their bridges. Chicago had to raise their bridges to try and stop people from crossing one side of town to the next because they were rioting so much. So what factors go into this? That's the question you have to ask yourself. You know, I'm sure the Chicago PD do as best a job they can with what they've got to work with. But as we continue to see the defunding the police movement, the disbanding of the police movement, these types of things across the United States, having funding cut, that's only going to make those jobs that much harder. The good police are going to leave as the media continues to vilify them, along with people in political office. 
that vote to support those measures to defund and disband the police. So what do you think is going to happen to crime if you take those steps? It's going to go up, right? Naturally, it's going to go up. And we talked about it before. What's their ultimate goal here? Their ultimate goal is to get rid of the police department. They get rid of the police department. Then what do they target next? Happens every time in history. They target the court system. Then they target the jails. Now, if you think you've got an out of control system now, if you think the situation in the streets and the shootings are out of control now, imagine what's going to happen if you remove all of that. Where do we step in? Where, where do we step in? Where, where do the people draw the line? Where do we step in and say, to the city officials, this has to be stopped. Where do we come together as one people, as Americans, peacefully, and cry out to the people that are holding public office, that are supporting these measures, that are destroying our communities and our cities? When do we say enough's enough and hold these people accountable for the havoc that they're wreaking on our communities and our families? When does that start? That's the question. And I think you also have to look at the other factors that play into this. Where do you draw the line with the media? Because nearest I can tell what they're doing, and I'm not blaming one network or the next here, so don't think that. Where do you start holding the media accountable? Where do we draw the line when it comes to what they can and can't do? Because we're skating a very thin line here when I when I talk about this, because you can say, okay, well, freedom of speech, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. Freedom of speech, I'm sorry, but when you're out there endorsing violence and you're calling it peaceful, in my opinion... Uh, you stepped over the line of free speech. If you're advocating violence from one group onto another, well, then that's not free speech, in my opinion. Now, I agree with the self-governance side. People should be able to make the distinction on, you know, is this right? Should I follow this? Should I listen to what these people are telling me? But the question becomes is, do most people even do that? Does the average person have the wherewithal to be able to decipher that information that they're being given by these media outlets in order to make the distinction for themselves? Yes and no. Uh, to to your question, I I kind of feel like the the American people know they're being lied to, but at the same time, there's a, po- a portion of the population that it doesn't. So uh, I don't know uh, directly to that, but I don't know, man. It's just I'm 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 tired of the media personally. I'm I'm tired of all the nonsense that they're 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 spewing at us and expecting us to 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 believe it. Honestly, it's. What do you do, though? That That's kind of the problem that we're running into is what are you supposed to do? You you go after him for defamation or something like I, I don't know, because we do have the First Amendment and because it, it does protect them. I don't I really don't know how much you can you can or what you can do in court, you know, taking him to court on this. It, it's uh, I, I think it's going to it's going to take the American people to stand up and 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 say something or, or themselves, you know, and, and stop watching. I don't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Like you take them to court for defamation. And I personally think you, you have a great case, uh, especially with uh, them calling for violence essentially. And, but under today's court system and everything, I don't think it would, it would fly. I don't think it would go That's anywhere. That's just it. That's just it is the, the court system is you're going to be blocked at every turn. They're going to use whatever high powered lawyers they've got to ensure that the media organizations themselves are going to be protected. And so I think you made another point there, and it's it, it, it stands to reason that that would be the best way to go about this. And that is what did I say last week? You just said it the same way. Turn the TV off. Stop yeah. listening to these people. I don't understand. I, I really I, I don't quite get it. I, I don't quite get why people still listen to them. The media is by far, in America, the most divisive tool I've ever seen. What was it that General Flynn said yesterday? We need action at the federal, state, and local level. So it has to be from all three points simultaneously. You have a media that's carrying an agenda that's dividing us from ourselves. 
See, that's what this pandemic is all about. Social distancing, mask wearing, the agenda to henpeck other people, yell at people, demean people, embarrass people. That's about keeping people divided from themselves to prevent us from coming together. That's what that is. And so the most important aspect in all of this is to understand that you're being lied to. People are being lied to on a massive scale. This is the last play that the establishment in the West has. You know, Bruce, you and I were talking before we started here, and it's as simple as this. And we're going to go back in history a little bit. You had corrupt Western elites at the end of the Second World War establish a regime in China using Mao Zedong. The Western elites took their investments and shifted them to China. They parlayed American power and American wealth. That's what happened. That's the real crime here. The corrupt capitalists, the finance capital, all that stuff, all the corrupt elements of it, they all came in and they all jumped in bed with the CCP and they sold us down the river. They sold us out. They sold our children out. They sold our wealth out. They sold our prosperity out. And now that they're at the end game of that, now they have to turn everybody against themselves. That's the end game here. See, the real crime in this is not the other person. The real crime in this is not somebody like Donald Trump. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and cheerlead for the guy. I mean, anybody that's been listening for a while knows that I don't do that. But he's just a tool. He's a tool for the agenda. And when I say for the agenda, I'm talking about the agenda to divide people. You can't deny that Donald Trump has been used as a method of division. Whether you like the guy or not, it's irrele- it, I mean, it's completely irrelevant. The fact is, is that he's been used as that focal point to divide people. And to be quite fair with the way that the media behaves on all sides, it's worked. It's incumbent upon all of us as responsible individuals to be able to decipher this information that we're seeing and to look through it. We have to be able to look past it. We have to be able to see the larger agenda. And we have to come together as one people. I'm not talking about specifically Americans here, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Americans. I'm talking about Canadians. I'm talking about Germans. I'm talking about Italians, French, Spanish, English, all of us, because we're all in this together any way you slice it. So we're going to have to put all of our differences aside. I've been saying that for years now. We, whatever differences we've got, okay, fine, right? It's just superficial stuff. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's superficial stuff. We've got to look past that. And we've got to sit down and we've got to have real national debates on where we're going to go. Because these people that have maneuvered us into this situation here in the West with all this control and lockdown and all this stuff and dividing people against ourselves, we've got to look past their propaganda. We've got to come together and we're going to have to deal with this problem. And so they've used this system in, in authoritarian China to springboard themselves to this point. And so here we are. Here we are. Our churches are under attack. Our families are under attack. Our economies are under attack. Our very way of life is under attack and is being enabled by people that hold high offices in our respective countries. And it's being fostered by a corrupt media establishment across the West. I don't know of any other way to put it. Honestly, I want people, you know, we've talked about it before and we've kind of set our stances before about the division and everything and how we want people to come together and be able to, at least for Americans, right? And this kind of sits for the West in general. We're more or less on the same side here. We believe in more or less the same principles. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the West typically has the same foundation. So why why are we letting the the elites and why are we letting the, the media and whatnot paint this absurd picture? Like here in the US, they're, they're painting this picture of America being so divided and racist and xenophobic. And they're just, they're saying all these different things. And it's like, No, like if you look at where we came from and where we are today, 
we've made great strides in exactly what our foundational documents say, right? All men are created equal, right? That that has been our goal. That's what we're shooting for, right? We've come a long ways in that. If you look at where we started and where we are now, we've made great strides, but they're sitting here telling us that we're racist. And when are, when are the people of not just America, but the West, what, what are you going to stand up against these people? I don't mean, I don't mean violence or anything. I mean, why, why do we continue to vote them in, for example? You know, why, why aren't we having here in the U.S., we should have systems like the voter ID laws, right? To ensure that the people we vote for is the people that actually gets into office, not, you know, the, some kind of nonsense happening in the background where, uh, I don't know, your ballots disappear and, you know, or ended up found in the bottom of a lake or something a, a year or two later. I mean, I, I just, the, the division is silly. There's no reason for us to be divided. We're of the same mindset. We see the same problems. We differ on how to solve the problems, sure. But that's where we should be coming together, discussing it, finding a solution that is beneficial to our countries, the civilization in general. It just uh, I'm disappointed that we're so easily swayed. And we're at a point now where they've brought us to this apex and and it's they're they're trying to as hard as this is for people to accept they're trying to collapse the civilization and the the authoritarian system of china is the new model for the elites in the west going forward that's what it is so we're going to have to make a decision as people as one people do we reorganize as we've done three times before, do we reorganize and do we go for that fourth age of expansion? Do we get into space? Do we get into the pro-human future? That's where we go as a unified people. And we throw off these these dividers, these haters. This isn't about racism. This isn't about Donald Trump. This isn't about uh, whether or not you believe a certain political way or whatever. This is about our very way of life. Those topics that I just mentioned, those are tools that the establishment uses to divide you, to divide me, to divide us from ourselves. It's in their best interest to keep us divided and apart from each other, because the one thing they fear the most is us coming together, all races, all throw all the age stuff out the window, the colors, the, the, the languages, the cultures, you name it. Weak people use those tactics. Strong people look through those. Western civilization is the most powerful, most prosperous civilization that has ever existed in the history of humankind. And we're just going to throw it all away? For what? Because a bunch of spoiled degenerates at the top of our societies have decided to divide everybody and lord over us like we're some type of serf? Well, that's not me. That's not me. Is that you? I believe in people. I have hope in people. I'll never forget this. And I've, I've told this story before. I, I, was talking to a, uh, I was talking to a German doctor three years ago. And he said almost three years ago to the date almost. And we talked about politics. We don't agree on politics. You know, it's, it's just like, hey, doc, you know what? Whatever. You know, we don't agree on politics. But that doesn't mean we can't be civil. And we are. And one of the reasons I'm sitting here today, amongst many others, is something that that man said to me. And I will never forget this as long as I live. He was shaking my hand as I was walking out of his office. And he said, whatever you do, he says, don't give up on people. There's always hope. So whatever you do, don't give up on people. And you know what? I still have that hope. I still believe in people. Bruce, you asked when people are going to get out of their slumber and they're going to uh, come together. You know, I think 1.3 million people in the streets of Berlin. I think that's a good start. Don't you? I agree. Although I'm a bit baffled. You actually shook the guy's hand. This this must be like pre-COVID, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was three years ago. <laughs> Would you believe it? the guy I spoke to today? The guy I spoke to, I, we shook hands twice. Wow. 
Can you believe that? Wow. I'm I'm such an I'm such a, a lawbreaker. I, I'm such a lawbreaker. Can you imagine? Right in the middle of a pandemic, just totally uh, throwing out the precautions to the wind. Unbelievable. And you know something? Sorry, we weren't to. social distance. We weren't wearing masks. None of it. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to be both dead of COVID in two weeks. Right now, I mean, a, you, you a see, real pleasure but, to meet that guy and talk to him. Go ahead. But you see exactly like even they're using COVID to divide us. I mean, I, I know I was being facetious and joking about, but that's what they're doing. Like, I, again, freaking Michelle Obama, that we have to change our traditions, our culture, our history. Um, no, we don't. No, we don't. I, I don't want to change that's what my tradition is. or my history or my culture, because if we don't have yeah. our traditions, our history and our culture, then we don't learn. We don't become better people. We don't learn from our mistakes. We don't learn from the good things that happen. And what do we become? We become a failed tribal society. And that's that's backwards. That's not progressive. That's regressive. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, uh, that, you're, you're right on right on the money. That's that's the direction I was going. I want to I want to keep with the I want to keep with the unity thing. I don't want to drift too mm-hmm. far from that because you know I, again I was I was inspired to sit down and talk about this. I mean I didn't have a plan about what I wanted to talk on today until after I talked to this guy. And when I talked to him, and I hope he's listening, <laughs> uh, when I talked to him, it, it inspired me to talk about coming together because I, I said a couple of guys from the U.S. and a couple of guys from England. You know we got started into podcasting, and he said oh, podcasting. I said yeah. And I, I handed him a card. I said, we're, we're trying to bring people together, man. We're, we're trying to look past all this foolishness, man. There's all there's all kinds of division and stuff going on. This has got to stop. And so the whole way home, the whole way home and the, the whole time I was eating my dinner and, and to the time I got here and I sat down, I thought, I'm going to pull all this stuff we got on Chicago. We're going to talk about what's going on in D.C. We're going to talk some about New York. And, and we're going to talk about what these people are doing to divide people and what the system is doing to divide people when we need to be looking past this and we need to come together. Because we come on here every day and we rant and rave and do whatever it is we do. And I think it also goes along yesterday with what we ended with, with uh, the, the statement from General Flynn, General Michael Flynn. He's calling on the American people and people of the world to take action and to understand what's happening. And for us to look at the division side of things and to realize that we have to heed that call that this man is warning not just America, but the world about... We have to come together and we have to understand what's happening. The Germans put 1.3 million people in the streets on a weekend, right on a Saturday. 82 million people. It stands to reason that the United States could easily put 10 million people on the streets peacefully. I'm just saying that that's what it's going to have to be. Flynn says we are not in the minority and we're not. We're in the majority. We know that we're in the right. I was talking about de Blasio yesterday. I said that man's scared. He's terrified. He is terrified. All of these people that are pushing this authoritarian system down our throats, they're terrified. They're shaking in their boots every day when they stand up there in front of those cameras and they lie to people. How can you, as, a, as any person, of, of if you have any shred of decency, how can you go on television or in front of a camera or on a stage behind a podium or sit behind a microphone of any kind and lie to people and then smile as you're walking off the stage? As you're shaking hands, if you can do that. How do you sleep at night? I've spent the better part of my adult life trying to find the truth. Trying to find out the truth in people. Trying to figure out what it means to myself to be true to myself and to other people. It all goes to building myself into a better person. Because I try to follow what Benjamin Franklin said. By making yourself better, the world is made a better place. 
So if everybody makes themselves better, then the world becomes a better place by default. I can't help but think these people that sit in front of these cameras and behind these microphones that I see on television, that sit there and lie to us day in and day out, and they do it with a smug smirk on their face. Of course, now they're doing it from behind a mask, so you can't see it. But people's eyes don't lie. Myself, Bruce, GP, Marty, everybody we have on here, we work hard every day in our spare time to sit here and to bring people the truth as best we can, as best as we know how, and to be honest with people, people that listen. I I couldn't do this otherwise. I couldn't sit here and lie to people. And to sit here every day, day in and day out, and to dig through all this stuff and to present it to you, the listener, to see these people lie, to see them divide people, this is pure evil. That's not good. That's not a good person. And you say, well, they're just doing what they're told. Well, what of it? You're just doing what you're told? What does that say about you if you go along with that? People are hungry for the truth. They want something real. They want something that's given to them in a upfront manner. They don't have to work too hard at it, right? I've learned that. I've learned that. It's easier to just present something to people and to be upfront and honest with people. And that's all it really takes. That's all it takes. You look at the media, you look at their numbers, their ratings. Bruce, you got some ratings on the on the media? We want to talk about morale here, but we're going to keep with the unity thing. You got some numbers on the media, you got some credibility numbers, um, and we're going to talk about uh, you know people's morale and, and how much they view as credibility. So what are people's genuine attitudes at the moment that you're seeing that you were ta- that we were talking about previous. Well, typically they're um, I would say they're not real happy with some of the narratives that the media is pushing out. Uh, and and the reason I say that is all the left leaning uh, media they for the last two months have um, they've not been on top as far as the networks and television is concerned. Fox News, who specifically more so Tucker Carlson, they've been on the high end of all of television. In other words, they've been top between the hours of uh, 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. So primetime, they're the highest rated channel, Fox News is. Now, their narrative isn't great. Uh, it's better than the, the left-leaning medias, but there's a lot of stuff that comes out of Fox that I'm, I, I disagree with personally as well. But it's less hostile towards the nation than the others and less hostile towards Trump. And they're the ones on top. I mean, if that doesn't say anything about the other medias, I don't. I don't know what does. I, I mean, clearly the uh, Trump bashing has um, not done them well. And I, I don't uh, I don't understand why they're not seeing that. I mean, I do understand it. It's just logically thinking you you would think they would come to that conclusion. You know, through all of it, when you look at the average person out there, I mean, the average person, they don't hate where they come from. It's it's not what is promoted. So I think you're going to have those numbers diminish because of all the division that you see all of the um, you know the, the race politics and the um, the wealth division and everything that they push, people are going to reject that because they think, wait a minute, that doesn't reflect how I see things and how I was raised. And you go out in society and people are not at each other's throats, though they're trying to make it like that with all this pandemic stuff. As you said, they're using that as a tool of division. But it's a matter of using a multi-pronged approach. And we talked about it before. It's the top down, bottom up pressure how they squeeze society. See, we're the people in the middle. So the media, the politicians, the elected officials, they're at the top, right? They fuel the messages and everything that goes out to the masses. Okay. Their policies, their agenda, their talking point does what? It enables groups at the bottom of the society to commit more acts of violence 
and division. So therefore, you're getting pressure. For, if you're a person in the middle of society, if you're just the average person, you're getting pressure from the top and you're getting pressure from the bottom. So you're getting bullied. You're getting pushed out of the way. So I think that people naturally are rejecting the messages. They're rejecting the agendas that are being put forth. And honestly, I think it's going to go another way. And when I say go another way, I'm talking election time. I don't think it's going to go the way they want it to go. Again, you notice that the mobs and the um, the protesters, I'm doing the air quotes, the rioters, the looters, they're not leaving the cities. By all accounts, they should have already left the cities and gone out into rural America and, and suburban areas. They haven't done that yet. Well, why is that? Because they're going to get some real resistance out there. Well, they did kind of try to attempt it. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday morning. That didn't go too well for them. Mm -mm, mm -mm. But you go further with it. You look at areas like D.C. 20 people were wounded at a mass shooting at a cookout in D.C. 20 people. One casualty at that, a teenage boy. Yeah, one casualty at that, a teenage boy. 21 victims in total. 17-year-old Christopher Brown later died at a nearby hospital. And for what? Looters and vandals swept through Chicago's magnificent mile after a police shooting. 100 people were arrested. 13 police officers were injured during one night of looting and vandalism. Hours after cops had shot a young man who had fired at them. While running away from police, the suspect turned around, fired at the officers. The officers returned fire, wounding the gunman, who was transported to the University of Chicago Hospital in unknown condition. And mind you, he didn't die. He's expected to survive. But what happened? After the shooting, a crowd began gathering on the south side and tempers flared in the response to the incident. Police deployed 400 officers to the scene when they became aware of social media posts encouraging looting. Any social media companies, I'm telling you. Mayor Lori Lightfoot emphasized that the looting was not part of an organized protest. Well, Ah. it's your favorite mayor. This was not an organized protest. This was an incident of pure criminality, police superintendent David Brown said. Looters and vandals rushed through the city's magnificent mile and other parts of downtown where they were seen carrying bags full of stolen goods. They repeatedly tried to smash windows of the Omega Watch store in Delaware Place and Michigan Avenue. Some people were seen running out of a damaged PNC bank at Huron and State Streets, while nearby stores were also cleaned out by looters. You know, I talk about the media. I I talk about politicians and and things like that, putting out agendas that divide people. You know, I hold social media companies just as responsible. I do. You see the agendas that get pushed on social media and how fast it goes. It's the public square of our time. People can go on and voice their opinions, be it right or wrong. And then the censors decide. And yes, I said censors. The censors decide whether or not the agenda is acceptable. Someone posts up something that's contradictory to the World Health Organization. What happens to them? A real medical professional, a real doctor. Oh, They can't put out that information. That might be harmful to someone. That's not scientifically proven. According to who? The World Health Organization? So they can't speak. But yet, if you have out of control people in society that are organizing a riot to go and smash businesses, to torch the neighborhood, to loot stores, that's okay. That's fine. I hold the social media companies just as responsible in that that regard. I'm with Bruce on this one. Revoke the platform status. It's time for that to end. Now, you can go a, a, another way with it. Whether or not you agree with this is a, is a side issue, but I think it bears relevance in what I'm about to say. We have anti-monopoly laws on the books. It's called the Sherman Antitrust Act. Go look it up. Theodore Roosevelt ran on Bust the Trust. These big tech companies are the big trusts of our time. They're the same thing. And you say, okay, well, it's not just one company. It's multiple companies. Okay, fair, fair. It's multiple companies. But they're all acting on the same agenda. How is that not a monopoly? Microsoft, Google, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. Whoever has a a mainstream platform out there, YouTube, 
Of course, some of those are subsidiaries, but they're all working together to carry the same agenda. One person gets banned some on one platform, you get banned everywhere else. So how is that any different from a monopoly? It's not, in my opinion. And then you've got the bigger problem here. The bigger problem is you've got the tech companies, in my best estimation, that are merging with Big Pharma, another tool of divisiveness, the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, which Fauci himself even admits you'll be good if it even gets you 50% protection on it. They're rushing a vaccine, something that normally takes seven years to develop. They're doing it in less than two. The real crime in all this is no one in the medical establishment that we're seeing The people that are out there influencing policy, making policy, influencing decisions, being the ones in the mainstream. No one's talking about how to live a healthy lifestyle. No one's talking about how to eat properly. No one's talking about how to deal with stress and anxiety and all of that. No one's talking about that. It's just wear a mask, shut up and wait for a vaccine. That's your saving grace to these people. That's the be all end all to them. How is that not a crime? How is that not a crime against humanity to tell you, oh, well, you you don't want to eat healthy? No, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to keep yourself in shape. No, you don't want to do those things that will naturally boost your immune system and give you a better chance of fighting off infectious diseases of any kind. We'll take care of you. You're too stupid to be able to do that. So we're going to do it for you. That's a tool of divisiveness. So stepping back from that aspect of it, this is another area we need to come together. We need to be able to decide for ourselves what's healthy, what's not, what's going to give us the best fighting chance and what's not. Not them, not the medical establishment, not these fools that have been wrong day in and day out. We need to decide that. We need to come together. I mean, you, you pretty well covered it as far as like the virus being it's used to divide us the mask mandates, the shutting down of businesses, because now you have the, the the people that own businesses are like, we, we need to reopen or we're going to lose the business. And then you have the people going, no, you can't reopen. Um, we like our um, government paycheck. You know, they, they don't want to go back to work. There, there's so much division that's going on and, and pitting one another against each other. The other thing that that I'm thinking they're trying to do with this whole pandemic and the part of the reason it's it's drummed up the way it is, people don't want to go out and protest now. You know, if those of us that are tired of, of the elite telling us what we can and can't do and what, you know, what uh, trying to run our lives, basically, are they willing to go? Are, are people willing to go out and protest now in the middle of a pandemic because the media has been drumming it up so much, you know? So I, I kind of feel like that's that's part of the, the plan with this is to keep people submissive. And I think you're right on that. I think that that's another aspect that plays into the fear side of it. But clearly, it's one of those things that we have to push through. As I said, you're going to have to look past this. You're going to have to realize we're going to have to live with this. We're still living with the flu from 100 years ago. What, you, do you think because they're going to give us some kind of you know cooked up, ginned up vaccine that all of a sudden all this is going to go away? No, we're going to have to live with it. And so the sooner we start dealing with it, the sooner we get out and we start getting around the uh, the herd mentality, then the sooner we can get back to dealing with the real problems. So this is an aspect where we have to come together. We have to realize the false narratives we're being fed. We have to realize that we're being essentially we're being thwarted by these cooked up agendas. But if you go out and you try to protest, keeping with Chicago here, you go out and you try to protest well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to you, Bruce? You go out and you try to protest in Chicago and you want to organize on social media. What's going to happen to you? Right. So Chicago, um, this isn't uh, like this isn't just for protesters, right? This is anybody. This is including tourists, right? So anybody that's in Chicago, 
if you violate the the quarantine orders, uh, the the city will track you down using social media. Uh, so you know those pictures you're doing, those selfies you're doing in in different parts of Chicago. Uh, yeah, those could um, land you in trouble. Uh, you you could have the Chicago government coming at you for doing that. And you know, I I know it's it's technically public. You know the your. But uh, isn't that kind of an invasion of privacy to, to go after this kind of stuff? I, I, this is a gray area that I don't like. I, I know it's technically public, but for the government to come in and go through your personal effects, your pictures, all that stuff. Yeah, you made it public. But at the same time, the government's supposed to respect the, the separation there and requires a warrant to go in after your stuff. So personally, I would prefer that they didn't have the power to do this. But here we are. They're, they're tracking you down. And in some cases, they're they're charging up to seven thousand dollars. By the way, seven thousand, as in 7, the number that comes yeah. after six thousand nine hundred ninety nine. That kind of seven thousand. Yeah, yeah, like seven thousand. Yeah. I thought this was one to five hundred dollars a day. Uh huh. Yeah. No, the 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 fine that you can get is up to seven thousand dollars. Yeah. Seven thousand. But who's going to receive these seven thousand dollar fines? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, he's graced us with his presence. GP, how are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Just uh, came in with you guys, hearing you guys just uh, get, letting our uh, audience know about all the troubles and woes that we're having. That's what drove me to sit here and talk about unity today. I, I wanted to sit down. I wanted to talk unity. So we're looking at all the ways that we've been divided and we're continuing to be divided by the agendas and by the power structures from all these different aspects. And we're trying to show how we need to look through that, how we need to come together, how we need to understand what it is we're being told and push past it and push through it. That's the bigger thing is we need to push back on that agenda to these people that are promoting it and we have to come together. And we led with what's going on in Chicago. We talked about all the shootings. There, there were another uh, close to 40 that were shot there over the last weekend. Uh, and has just, that changed since last year? Of course it has. Like Those numbers are up every every week. Like it's, I know you're going to ask that. You're always going to ask that. But crime in that city is up like 200% from last year. So it's the same in New York. The, it's the same in New York. The Upper East Side of New York. Crime's up 258% in the Upper, in the upper East Side of New York this year alone. So and that's just reported crime, of course. That's reported crime. Yeah, that, that's reported crime. So the fact is, is our cities are being destroyed by these agendas. And clearly this policy is not working. And we're being divided from ourselves. So we've got are to- Are they our cities? American cities, yeah. Okay. So, or are they thing, strictly one side of the pol- political spectrum cities? Well, name me a city in America that's not blue. That's not blue? Yeah. Reno? <laughs> Is that an independent city? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, okay. I think it's All a right. full, I mean, well, well, okay, Dallas? Da- no, that's blue. Waco? Blue. I, honestly, buddy, I don't Houston? think there are any red cities. I don't think no, there are any seriously, red cities. No. no. Texas. Texas is purple now. All the major cities in Texas are blue. Neither here nor there. I mean, they are destroying our cities, but isn't it? I mean, it's destroy. Like you guys always say, it's destroying the cities that the concentrate that most of the people that are having these issues are concentrated in these areas. So let them destroy themselves, right? Or do we stop that and then be looked at as the villains? No, we don't. Because a bunch of the people are rise up. Like in my, in my neighborhood, we're already rising up. We've already BLM tried to do a protest here. They got oh, okay. all the permits, and okay. then everybody said no. Uh, okay. All right. D- tell, We're done. No, that's, a, that, that's a good. Okay. No, that, that's that's a good topic. T- tell us about that because I want to get into BLM here now. There was a pro police protest that mm-hmm. got into it with BLM and Antifa. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, it was a massive pile on and, and there were no police there. So what mm-hmm. happened in your neighborhood with this? So let, let's get into that. So what, what's going on in your well, neighborhood? Well, actually, what they, well, what they, they had got this is a few weeks back, by the way, but they had gotten they'd <laughs> sneakily got permission through some uh, other channels. But they had gotten permission to do a demonstration down one of our our, our major. Our, we have one major avenue, our major avenue. And <laughs> when we got wind of it, our city council our neighborhood everybody just our 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 city councilmen and our neighborhood uh, leaders but what go back to the situation what was going on is after we've done all our emails and calls and actually went to a few houses uh they blocked it and said it's they're not coming down our streets we didn't want the violence i mean when our super our and what clued everybody in is one of our supermarkets our major supermarkets had to start doing boarding up and barring up the windows, we were done. We're done. We're, we are not having this and we don't have one. We didn't end up having a, uh, a march. They deemed it was been too unsafe for BLM. <laughs> OK, so you're you're, comf- you're No, but this is this is no, this is this. Go, this goes along with what we're talking about today. Your community mm-hmm. came together. Yes. You unified and said, look here, we don't want this and this isn't going to happen. We don't know what Mm -hmm. you need to do in order to stop this. But if you don't stop it, we're going to stop it. You guys unified. You unified. You came Mm -hmm. together as a community. You Mm -hmm. you crossed all this other boundary nonsense that we're being divided with. And you stood together as one unified community and said no. Yes. In fact, we have, I mean, uh, the population of like, if you want to understand our our, uh, dynamics here, this is a vast majority of Hispanic neighborhood. Uh Uh-huh. And it's about, I think it's equal number of black, white. Well, you're just, small to, to be fair, I mean, you're just outside of Los Angeles. So just give people yes. one. And, and we're I in Los Angeles. Are. But Oh, you're yes. in Los Angeles. Okay. It's in Los Angeles. We're in Los Angeles County. But we're, we're a more rural area to say, but uh, not in the sticks where, okay, I mean, so we have horses question. going up and down the streets. Question. We, we referenced mm-hmm. yesterday uh, a statement that was put out by General Michael Flynn, and he said action needs to mm-hmm. be taken at the local, state and federal levels. Your, your, your action at the local level is exactly what was needed to stop the violence, to stop the looting of businesses. Yes. So exactly. Can you explain how you guys did that in your local community? What did you do? What steps did you take? I know you said you did it, but what steps did you take? How did you guys go about doing that? It was a lot of emailing. I mean, the, the, I just went to one of the, the, the city, our little city meetings. We have these little city meetings every, every uh, first Thursday of every month. And we, we've packed it. I mean, it's packed. <laughs> we had people outside. Okay, so you went to the you went to to council chambers. You, you went to your local yeah, yeah. council chambers. Well, we or, it ended up being in another location, and they tried to stop us because you know this mask thing, and we just weren't having it. And okay. uh, yeah, you see, so, you push but back you on them a little bit. You push back a little bit. They fold. That's how scared they are. They do. Telephone calls. In fact, one of uh, I am, or actually, many of the people know where all the all our pol- local politicians live. So I, I believe from what I, from what I've gathered from my neighbors is that they've actually, they actually went over to their houses and had discussions that this was going to happen because what it is, is actually another city that we're, we're actually underneath another city. We're, we're not an independent one. And that city gave the approval. I see. No, this is action at the local level where it needs to you happen. Need it. That's that's where the real power is. Okay, this is the exactly. thing people do not understand. The president could have sat there and Donald J. Trump himself could have put an executive order, said BLM cannot protest in X city. And the X city council people and then all the way up to our mayor would have been like, go F yourself. We're going to have a riot. And they would have. 
And Trump wouldn't have been able to do anything like he hasn't been able to do across the country, because if he would have had some serious power and some backup and put, we wouldn't be having the problems we would. There's just so many people that are out of work that because their businesses were destroyed because they're afraid to go to work. And here's another here's a here's another situation that they don't talk about in the news. And this is something that a lot of us just kind of keep under under wraps and we should voice it. So we're afraid to go back to work. I have neighbors that are afraid because of the violence. The non-stop robberies. It it just doesn't stop. And I'm not referring to some guy up there with a gun going there and threatening your life. I'm referring to just people going in stores and just filling their pockets and walking out because the quality of life crimes are just not being punished here. And if you're a good citizen, you could lose your life here. So people are like, why would I want to go back to work and risk my life? Because there might be some altercation. Somebody might say, hey, put that back. And then next thing you know, there's a shootout and you're working there and you're and you don't get to go home to your family. Don't talk about that. Nobody does. And that right there, that right there is precisely why action needs to be taken peaceably as your community did at the local level. That's why Mm -hmm. it needs to be taken, because if that is what the community is afraid of. We can't live like that. And people, people should refuse to live like that. And so the the action that needs to be taken at the local level, peaceably, as you all did, mm-hmm. in the matters of the protest, okay, all right, I, I, I get that. But it needs to be about this other issue as well. And it goes to a larger issue. It, it goes to a larger issue because if, if the city and the county are talking about defunding the police or reallocating the money or whatever it is that, you know, Garcetti, the machete's doing out there, right, whatever he's doing, then you have to push back on City Hall. City Hall has to be uh, rounded upon, shall we say, peaceably, and people have to redress City Hall for grievances because you need to have a police presence in the communities. They're the ones that keep the businesses and the residents safe. That's their job. Mm-hmm. But the community can also self-police. I mean, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that, as we all are, right? We're all big Second Amendment adv- advocates in here, mm-hmm. responsibly. But the problem also transcends down to the courts. You're talking about these quality of life crimes, right? A lot of places in, in uh, California, these quality of life crimes are essentially decriminalized. Well, that starts with voting out the corrupt Soros established DAs that are in these cities that are destroying the cities. How on earth can you sit there and claim that someone that comes in and robs your business which is what it is. That's robbery. Someone comes in, robs your business, whether it's merchandise or whether it's cash. It's the same thing. The business is losing money and they have to pay for that. How on earth do you call that a quality of life crime? That right there is not a civil right. That's what the, the lawyers will argue all day long that they get. The, the defense lawyers, they'll argue, they'll argue mm-hmm. civil rights, civil rights, civil rights. How on earth can you have civil rights how can you argue civil rights if you've got law that's taken away that protects the civility of the society? If you don't have a civil society, no one has any civil rights. Correct. So the court systems have to be dealt with as well. And the solution is not what they're talking about in Seattle. You know what those sick people up in Seattle are talking about? They're talking about getting rid of the municipal courts, moving everything up to the county, ignoring misdemeanors, focusing on felonies and above and pushing it off onto the county. They actually think that the system itself is what causes people to commit crimes. This is how far gone they are in the head. So there, this yeah. is a multi-tiered problem. This, this is a multi-tiered problem. And what it's going to take 
is what happened at the local level right there is that action that you guys took. And I think that right there is is a shining example of exactly what needs to happen all across the country, all across the country in the U.S. Because these people that are in these positions that are allowing this anarchy to continue, this chaos that are destroying the civility of our society, it won't stop until they're pushed back on. You yourself, GP, what do you say? You went up to, if you just said, well, you know what? To hell with your mask order. To hell with this, to hell with that. And you just stormed the uh, the place where they were at. Said to hell with it. We're not listening to you. What'd they do? They buckled. That's how weak they are. You give them a little bit of pushback, just a little bit. It ain't going to take much. Just a little bit. Actually, it's a little incorrect on that statement. They, don't, they won't do anything. Actually, they release the dogs. And by dogs, I mean Antifa, they, uh, other groups, maybe. Then just incite violence, saying it's a racially charged attack. Please defend us. Yeah, but those are their foot we already soldiers. Had that. We already, we already had that happen. We, we just, we just had a, a bring down um, Newsom rally uh, this Saturday. It was pretty awesome. Uh, there was no graffiti, no trash. A lot of people friendly. I've mixed people from all over the world it was awesome. That people were just shaking hands and saying hello, or or fake or air hugging or air handing, and I mean there was a whole lot of mixture of everything, and everybody was kind and and polite till they came. And Those are their foot soldiers, man. That's that's what it is. These people that have taken control at the city, state, county levels, all of it, you name it. The people that are in the city councils, all of it. They enable the policies that allow these groups, BLM, Antifa, right? These groups, it's one and the same. It's one and the same. Mm-hmm. These are Marxist organizations. That's what they're designed to do. But they're not called Marxist organizations. If they were called Marxist organizations, if they came out and they said, yeah, we're Marxist, if they openly they said that. They did come out and say that. They of course did. they did. Yes, of course they did. But the fact is, is that it's not mainstream promoted. If they got rid of the labels, that's what I'm talking about. If they got rid of Antifa, if they got rid of uh, BLM, if they just said if they just call themselves the Marxist movement, people would react to that. People would react to that by and large, I think. But because of this, then this agenda allows the media to then turn around and give it cover and say, oh, well, this is just a peaceful protest. You know, we learned yesterday that you could set a peaceful fire inside of a or excuse me, you could set a mostly peaceful fire in a police union hall. It was unbelievable. Didn't know you could do such a thing. But I think what happened in in your locale, I, I think what happened there, I think that that's the key. That's that's the key. That's what needs to happen. You need to have people, all walks of life, all classes, all races, all that, you name it, to get rid of the labels, right? All that. People come together as Americans. We come together to solve problems. We don't divide ourselves to fix things. You can't fix anything if you're divided. That's why they try to keep us divided. We have to come together as one unified people, stand up and say, no, that's when it stops. All of it. Yes, there's going to be trials. Yes, there's going to be tribulations. All of it. You know, you can use all the terms. It's going to be there. But it's up to us. It's up to we, the people, to go out and fix this problem that's been dumped on our laps. But it's our own negligence at the end of the day that's caused this our negligence to recognize who these people are and what they represent up to this point has caused this. So we've got no one to blame up to this point but ourselves, oddly enough. But there are those of us who can see what's happening. There are those of us that understand who and what these people are and what their agenda is. And I'm telling you, these people don't have your best intentions in mind, I can assure you. Now, is that to say, well, uh, someone else does? I don't know. I don't know. But 
the system that we've had up to this point, it's not perfect. It's not perfect by any means. It's a lot better than a lot of the other systems out there. And I don't mean any disrespect. If you're a non-US listener, I don't mean any disrespect at all. But what we had worked. It worked because we were 4% of the world's population, but we held more than half the world's wealth. How's that possible? If we have such a horrible system, then why is that, why, why is that the case? If the system is so bad, if it's so awful, if it's so uh, racist and bigoted and, and everything, all these lies that they push on people, if it is that, then why do so many people from all over the world want to go there? Two and two doesn't equal four in the eyes of the established order in the West. So we must be made to understand that two plus two equals five. You know something? Two plus two equals four. And that's what it is. And it's not any other way. And I won't accept it any other way. I will not stand by and have these people divide us. I won't do it. I will work twice as hard if I have to, along with the rest of these guys here, to see that we bring people together, that we unite on common issues, that we say in one voice, you people go to hell. Now, if you're not an American, I don't expect you to to understand any of that. But as Americans, we inherently have that rebellious streak in us. And I've said before in closing statements and things in the past that, uh, you know, it's, it's we the people. I don't care what country you're from. I don't care if you're American. I don't care if you're British, German, Irish, French, what, whatever, right? If you're Western, if you believe in freedom, prosperity, you believe in family, you believe in community, you believe in God and country, then we're together in that fight. We're brothers and sisters in that, that struggle. That's what it is. And so I, I'm honored to stand alongside anybody that believes just that. And that's where I will stay. I will not, under any circumstances, go along with this program. I will not. I refuse. I refuse wholeheartedly. And you know something? Last week, there were 1.3 million Germans that said exactly that. And I expect tens of millions of Americans. I expect millions of French. I expect millions of British. I expect millions of Italians to do exactly that as well. We have to stand united against this problem because we don't move forward as a civilization until we do. That's all I had tonight, fellas. Thank you guys for being here tonight. GP, thanks for coming in right at the end. Appreciate that. Uh, no problem. I was glad to hear your take on uh, on what you guys are doing in your uh, your neighborhood there. We're making a difference. We're, we're really about our own community. We have uh, we've established neighborhood walks. We've established communication between neighbors and we're we're fairly active in making sure that the shenanigans doesn't happen here i mean we do have some don't get us wrong we have people come in and steal tools and things in our yards and stuff of that nature but uh all in all we've been pretty safe because we look out for each other we we just don't put up with it and that's what all the community should do all the it starts at the small local level not don't Try and get the president or Congress or any of them to do anything because they can't and they won't. It's your politicians, your local community. Exactly what GP is saying in this. It's the it's the local communities. It's the, the, the local politicians. That's how it starts with you, the individual, self-governing. Then it goes to the family. Then it goes to the local community and then, you know, state and then federal. That's the way our system is supposed to work. So, yeah, I'm I'm. Uh, very glad that you guys are able to affect change in the on the local level like that. You know, I actually wanted to talk about a lot of things this evening, but uh, unfortunately, this one took up most of the time. I'm kind of glad that it did uh, because it's it, it hit me today that this is one of the biggest things that we're ignoring 
Uh, and that's that's coming together as people from our respective nations. Uh, and that, that's what it has to be. That's what it has to be. Uh, and that, that's what it's going to be. But for those of you who have not, you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. Love getting your echoes, your upvotes, your likes, your comments, your feedback. Uh, love all of it. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. And if you would like to drop us some feedback and you don't want to get on social media or anything like that, you're more than welcome to do so. You can send it to us with attention to whoever. It's uh, you know Bruce or GP or myself or Marty or whoever. And you can send it over to tips at dynamicindependence.com. Love to hear from you. Also, we would really appreciate it if you would pass us along to friends and family. We would like to continue to, to grow and move along and pick up more listeners. Uh, and we really appreciate all of you that do listen. Uh, and we would humbly ask you to pass us along to friends and family. We're on just about every platform out there. Pandora, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Deezer, uh, Pocket Casts, uh, the Amazon device. I'm not going to mention what it is because somehow or another it'll order $300 worth of stuff to GP's house. Uh, mm-hmm. So... I'm going to ignore that for the moment. But yes, please pass this along to friends and family. Uh, And if you do have a chance to rate us on, say, Apple Podcasts or one of the other respective platforms, please do give us a rating. The higher, the better. We would really appreciate that. Bruce GP, thank you for your time today. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.